sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Eight minutes after the hour, hour number three of Green and Growing. I'm glad you're with me. 404-872-0750. I've got Brent answering the phones, DeMarco playing the tunes, running the board. So glad that they are here with me this morning. Here for another hour before we get kicked out by Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show. Um, Began at 7 o'clock. We'll carry it through 11.30 this morning on the AM frequency. Remember, we simulcast. We um, split the broadcast years ago to where we were on FM and AM 750, of course, the old, gosh, 98 years, I think, 98 years that we were on AM 750 and still are um, a tribute to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We'll never forget. Uh, our news partners there are putting together some very good commemorative material to listen to on AM 750. If you would like at any point in the morning to hop over, if you've got young children that don't quite understand what today is about, uh, they weren't alive back in 2001. So that might be a good idea. Through 1130 this morning, we're carrying that for you on the AM dial. Also on the WSB radio app, you see a spot there to click and listen to that stream as well. But I'm here for you for the next hour answering your garden calls, your garden questions, and Pike Nursery coming along in just a little less than half an hour to share what's new, what's exciting, what's happening at Pike Nursery locations, what you can get your hands on, sure, in the stores, but also just how to maintain and really beautify the landscape with the things that they've got good advice from the managers of Pike Nursery. All right, up next, calling from Hampton. Good morning, Pat. Welcome to the show. Pat, are you there? Hello, good morning, Ashley. Yes, I live in south end of Clayton County, mm-hmm. and I have a centipede lawn, and there's some type of moss, looks like tree moss, crowding it out. So it's not just the regular spongy lime green moss that we know? Yeah, it looks like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I've got some good advice for you. Um, is the centipede growing with any success whatsoever? Pretty much so, but it's dying back pretty quickly. Yeah, so what I think might be happening for you there, Pat, is since you installed that centipede lawn, it could have been great and it could have been lush years and years ago, but over time... There in Hampton, the trees have gotten bigger and bigger and the branches have gotten longer and you're starting to see more and more shade for that area. The centipede's not going to like it and therefore it's not going to stay strong enough and tough enough to fight out the moss. The moss likes three things. It likes the shade. It thrives in the the shade. That clay soil that we've got here in Georgia, if it's been a while since you've aerated or done anything to the soil, and moisture. So, right, that area can't dry out if it's got a lot of shade. So all three of those kind of work in conjunction with one another. So the best thing is just to eliminate the things that's allowing the moss to grow. Um, So eliminating some of that shade, maybe limbing up some trees, keeping leaf debris and things off of the ground, and also making sure the soil hasn't become so compacted because the moss is just going to continue to grow there with compacted soil. And lastly, the moisture. You think, well, yeah, I can't control that. You know, what if it rains and it doesn't dry out because it's shady? But you make sure that's not an area where the water's running off 
where water pools and that kind of thing. So maybe if there's low-lying areas that stay wet where that moss is, being able to build those up a little bit with like a soil conditioner, some soil amender, and making sure those areas are not going to retain water. So I would do that. Once you start to kill off the moss, it's important to rake it out. Uh, Rake it out, get it out of there. And then I would, you know, kind of reevaluate maybe if centipede is going to be what should be grown there in the future uh, because that really does need a lot of sun. So it may be an issue where once we get control of the moss, fescue might be a little happier and fescue may be able to grow more substantially. And that's still going to be strong enough to prevent the moss as well. Um, So I think that's my advice for you. Just go out there, maybe around lunchtime today, Pat, between noon and two, really kind of start to evaluate how much shade you're getting there. And then there are products, sure, that you can use that, you know, moss out and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of them have iron. Um, Those are temporary. You can use those and they'll successfully kill moss for a little while, but it's going to come back because it has those, those conditions, the shade, the compaction, the tight soil. And the moisture. So I would go ahead and start to look at maybe another lawn type or maybe have a company come out. They should come out for free, kind of give you an evaluation of what grass may be better than centipede for you in that area. Thank you so much for the call. Up next, we talk to Nick in Maysville. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. What's going on with your fescue? Well, uh, we just moved in. It's a new construction. We moved in earlier this year and... They did like a straw and seed mm-hmm. for the backyard of fescue. And most of it's really nice and green. And one section of it has just died, completely slap died. <laughs> is, it a low, was, is it a low spot or is it level with the rest? It's, it's kind of a slope. It kind of slopes off the back of the house towards the back of the yard. And it's, I don't know if it's a watering issue or what I need to do to try and get it to come back. Well, for the next day or two, and if you're going to be home this weekend, I want you to keep a close eye on it because when something with a when a patch dies out that quickly, sure, it could be brown patch, you know, which is a disease. Um, you know, new fescue lawn could be susceptible to something like that. But I, my antennas are just up because of the many complaints and calls I've had about army worms. Um, and okay. in, a, in a brand new fescue, I don't necessarily know that you're going to have an infestation, but all it takes is one moth to lay the eggs to start the army worms, and the whole process just goes on and on and on. So look out there, maybe around 10 o'clock, noon today, you will see army worms, and you'll definitely see the caterpillars. They could be an inch to two inches in length. They're going to be feeding on the blades of grass. You'll see them above ground. It's You can't miss it. Make sure that's not the case, because Nick, you'll go to bed the next two nights, and by the time you wake up Monday, your whole lawn will be decimated if you have army worms. So okay. <laughs> that's why I'm glad you're noticing that now. And if it just, the, the decline happens so quickly, there's a good chance that's what it could be. Um, so keep okay. a close eye on that. What county is Maysville? Uh, Jackson County, Jackson, Northern okay. Jackson. Y'all have got an awesome extension office there um, out in Jackson County as well. So if you see army worms, I want you to give them a call. Let them know for sure. That's they want to track these things. They want to know. So it's going to be helpful to other you know residents in the area for the extension office to know if that's what you've got. And they're going to give you some treatments and really good advice to go ahead and get a quick quick handle on that. Um, and I'm glad that a new fescue is doing so well for you. If it's brown patch or something like that, you're going to see stuff in the big box stores and the nurseries that's going to treat that just fine. Um, and it wouldn't hurt to fertilize now. Honestly, if, if it's a fescue type, that would be fine too. Okay, perfect. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Nick. I'm glad you called early, and fingers crossed for you. I'll be praying for you that you don't find any caterpillars out there today. (laughs)
Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good Saturday. Enjoy the new house. I love it. 404 872 Fred in Lawrenceville. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Fred. How can I help? Good morning, Ashley. Back in March, I talked to you about getting some blueberry bushes, which I did, and we got quite a few blueberries that the birds didn't eat and were nice enough to save for us. Uh, What do I need to do with them in the fall? They're about two feet tall. Uh, You know, Fred, I'll tell you what I do. Not a darn thing. I don't do a thing. Um, I really... I have not pruned mine in four years, and they're doing just fine. As far as pruning, if you feel like you had to do something, um, it would just be removing the limbs that are broken or look diseased or dead or the canes that have just become so long and tall that they're crowding out or shading out some of the other limbs. But generally, right now, I don't think there's anything you need to do. I like it. I know. Um, I like that exactly too, right? It's kind of like <laughs> hanging, exactly on, hanging on my every word. Like, wait, is she really going to say I, I need You feel guilty. It's like, <laughs> but no, I, I really would leave them alone. If you're happy with the yield that you got, um, there's no point in fertilizing now. It's too late. So yeah, just sit back and let them do their thing. They're going to look, you know, ugly over the winter time, but they need a break. They need some time off. Okay. Easy enough. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for the call, Fred. Enjoy your Saturday. Thank you. Oh, I love that. Easy gardening. That makes me so happy. Just sit back and have a drink and, and don't do a thing. 404-872-0750. When we come back, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. And stay tuned for Charles Lampkin, one of the store managers from Pike Nursery. Happy to have him two weeks in a row to share the latest with us of what's going on with Pike Nursery. All that next on WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. I'm no meteorologist, but I can give you the weather update, the brief weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing because it's really easy. You ready? It's going to be sunny today and tomorrow. Highs are going to be in the upper 80s, lows in the low 60s. That's a breeze. You don't even have to think about it. We may not see rain until Wednesday, but that's midweek. We're going to make it through a fantastic weekend. It's a Georgia Bulldog weekend. Football tailgate begins at 1130. We host the UAB Blazers kickoff at 330 from Sanford Stadium. All of the action right here on your home of the dogs. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So I'm really glad Rodney called earlier in the show fighting annual bluegrass, poa annua, a winter annual weed. It germinates in the fall, but you start to see the white fluffy part of it, the flowers in the spring, and it germinates anytime from now through the end of October. So this is your window to do a application of a pre-emergent herbicide, the granules to prevent the winter weeds like that. Some of the ones I recommended, Dimension, Halts, Balin, uh, Preen, P-R-E-E-N. That's good in garden beds. But you want to go ahead and apply that now. Do it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you'll get to the Poa Annua and some other things really, really early. And if you're going to do that, though, hold off on seeding fescue. The two counteract one another. The pre-emergent will kill the fescue seed. It doesn't know the difference. So if you've really got a bad infestation of any winter weed, pre-emergent would be my recommendation. Hold off on seeding. Maybe try to wait till about March to do that. Um, Number two, I want you to be on the lookout to never stop learning, right? Local nature centers, 
garden groups hosting webinars and some classes in person. North Fulton Master Gardeners hosting their fall 2021 garden lecture series. Cherokee County Master Gardeners host a webinar the last Friday of every month. I'm getting ready to go see the Henry County Master Gardeners. Good morning, guys. What a good group of folks as well down in Henry County. Um, and also the State Botanical Garden hosting a monarch class next Saturday out there in Athens if you're interested. And number three, wants you to plant natives. Plants that really bring in the pollinators, they attract birds. They're naturally adapted to local climate and soils. Native plants are great candidates just for low-maintenance landscapes. They belong here. They're adapted to everything here. When properly selected and established, they can be super functional, largely problem-free. If you're not sure what some of them are, visit Georgia Native Plant Society, gnps.org. That's their website, gnps.org. If you're new to the area and want to know where you're going to be successful planting, this is the time of year to put in new trees, to put in new shrubs. Pike Nursery's got all of that for you. They can tell you which ones are native, but things you're really going to enjoy. Get some ideas there. Coming up in just 10 minutes, my conversation with Charles Lampkin from the Pike Nursery location, fall vegetables. This is one of the favorite times to garden because pests are at bay, relatively at bay. They're not going to be as as annoying as they were throughout the summer. The cooler temperatures makes it easier to get out in the garden. You've got a lot of good vegetable options, things you could start from seed and grow easily. Lettuce and cabbage and spinach, broccoli and cauliflower, just um, to name a few. And I want to ask Charles, too, about some of the herbs, right? Herbs are good choices to be doing now and also to have in containers. If you have those pots now that are you know, going to be empty soon because of your summer annuals that are fading, why not plant herbs? And when they're in containers, you can bring them in for the wintertime and protect them and overwinter them, but also put them in places that they're going to be easily accessible, right? Out on the back deck, right out the back door, where when you're cooking, you can just pop out there, grab basil, grab thyme, whatever you're cooking with, oregano, those kinds of things. So all of those things with Pike Nursery coming up. And follow me on the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. Keep up with me there, posting pictures of highway horticulture, things that you may be seeing in the uh, environment right now and you don't know what it is. And Weed of the Week, that's a good one too. Weeds that you're seeing. The most recent one I posted was Nut Sedge. And a lot of you raised your hands. Yep, I've got that. So identifying it, how to treat it, all of that on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. We'll be right back. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Another half hour to go rolling through the show. Really glad to be here with you this morning. Ashley Frasca and I've got Charles Lampkin. Two weeks in a row, Charles, calling from the Pike Nursery in Marietta there off of Roswell Road. Good to have you back. No, it's great. It's great to be back with you, Ashley. So last weekend, you lent your expertise to us talking about colorful shrubs. Now's a good time to plant shrubs and trees all the way through fall and even into early winter. And you know what else? It's a good time, and you should be planting the fall vegetables right now. Am I right? <laughs> That's right. That is right. <laughs> Things to think about when you're pulling out those warm season plants, if they're just done, the cucumbers and the tomatoes and all of that, 
you know, turn up the soil a little bit, maybe add some amendments to make sure there's still some nutrition in there. And what can we head to Pike Nursery for? Like right now, Charles, this weekend, really, you've already got some of the cool season vegetables in stock. We do. We do. And when we're thinking about fall vegetables, we're thinking about our leafy vegetables. Not a lot of fruit on these, but your your lettuces, your kales, um, broccoli, cabbages, definitely definitely your leafy varieties uh maybe even some mustard and, and collard greens too two of my personal favorites but uh yeah we have a really good showing here it's definitely the time to get these into the ground now it's not you know it is still a little warm so it's not too hot you think these plants still need the sunshine they still need the heat to you know develop a really good root system but it's perfect for them as the weather cools off and the days become a little bit shorter that's when the leaves you know of these hardy plants really begin to grow but what are a couple of like insects that are going to be eating the leaves that we need to go ahead and be prepared for you know luckily during the fall and the winter a lot of our insects are are going dormant um so not a lot to be worried about and which is the good thing about your fall vegetables but always keep you know an organic uh non-selective insecticide handy like your your captain jack's or even now we can switch back to neem oils and, and horticultural oils with the with the cooling temperatures. Just always be ready. But that's one of the favorable um, options with fall vegetables is a lot of your uh, your little critters are, are gone. That is really a relief. My gosh, we battled all kinds of things. And then we're having army worms in the lawn. So that is good news, Charles. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, now, something in containers, maybe, that we could have up closer to the house that we could use for cooking. Is now a good time to plant herbs, too? It, it sure is. And, and container gardening is an excellent option for herbs. Uh, you can really control the drainage because a lot of your herbs really don't like wet feet that you might find in the ground. And, of course, your containers are definitely an option for those with confined spaces where you could try to plant a couple of your vegetables, too. I, I personally prefer those in the ground. But again, if you have a limited area, put some of your fall vegetables in containers as well. You know, and I've learned that too over the years. And the root crops, when you're thinking about radishes, carrots, things like that, those are not going to do as well in containers just because they really don't like everything underground to be disturbed, you know, in any way. So that's probably best in ground for sure. But like how big would a broccoli or cauliflower plant get so we can keep in mind, you know, the container size that we'll need? Yeah, you're going to want a container size at least 20 to 24 inches round. Um, both of those plants are going to get anywhere from 18 to, to 24 inches wide. And you're looking at two to three feet in height for sure. Um, so a sturdy container, not one that tips over. Um, but you want to make sure it's wide enough. And it might be deceiving with a little four-pack or four-inch vegetable right now, but give it some time and, and they will take off. Yeah, absolutely. And something to think about too, um, you know, usually first frost date could be early November. It, it kind of changes from year to year, of course. Important to get the vegetables planted now, soon, so the roots can establish and all of that. But once we do, Charles, start thinking about frosts, are some of these necessary? Do we need to go ahead and have you know, frost cloths on hand, or what What do you recommend to think ahead to really protecting these guys if it gets cold? So, yeah, that's that's a really good thing to think about down the road because some of these plants are still going to be producing during those times or possible freeze times. So having a sheet handy or even having some frost cloth handy, you always put it down in the afternoon while the sun's going down. You want to trap some heat within the plant, but take it off first thing in the morning when the sun comes up or 
the chance the frost is gone so you don't really cook your plant underneath that cloth too but definitely a good idea actually that i really hadn't thought about so thank you for bringing that up yeah no thanks thanks for that too because i thought you know just covers to protect from frost and if by chance you did have some insect problems that can help with that as well um speaking to charles lampkin in the marietta location there pike nursery you can find all of the locations around metro atlanta by going to pikenursery.com so if we're just starting off we're going to head to pike Charles, we're going to pick up, you know, kale or spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, even onion bulbs, you know, to start. If we are going to do containers, what's the best soil to get while we're there at Pike? And, and what's the nutritional value? You know, what does it have in it? For anything in the containers, uh, I, I always recommend potting soil. Mm-hmm. That needs to be the bulk of, of your makeup of the soil to allow for proper drainage. If you wanted to add a couple handfuls of earthworm castings or or a compost of some sort, whether it's manure or just a, a natural compost. Throw a couple handfuls in there, but the potting soil is important to allow for proper drainage out of that container so the, the container doesn't stay too wet. And a lot of these containers, folks, if you get the big plastic containers, you know, they'll have the holes visible for you, but they're not there. Drainage holes aren't there when you turn the pot over. So it's very important to get a drill some holes, maybe two to three at least in the bottom of that pot. So it does get drained. And, you know, Charles, I had a lady recommend this and this was so cool. I remember a few months ago on the show, she was a realtor and, you know, she'd show houses and people were complaining about rot on their decks because of, you know, a pot sitting there and it just staying wet, wet. She used plastic bottle caps to prop up pots, you know, from underneath. And that way the drainage was able to get out of the pot and it didn't ruin the deck. How smart was that? That's a great idea. And (laughs) and what we carry, obviously, you can get plastic bottle caps at home. We carry pot feet, which are either ceramic or glaze that raise your pots about an inch off the ground. So if they're on a desirable uh, material, um, it won't rot out the bottom of the wood there. And also saucers are, are a great idea to help out with that too. And you're right. Those pot feet, they, they just have a nice look to them. So they're practical and they look nice as well. Just keep that in mind when you're moving the pots around. Which of these, the fall vegetables we're talking about planting, Charles, out of the lettuces and cabbage, um, onions, which of those are really heavy feeders that we may need to pay more attention to applying a fertilizer pretty regularly? Because of their fast growth rate, um, I'd say more of your, your kales, your lettuces, your collards, your greens are going to be a little bit heavier feeders. Um, and then your broccolis, if you're trying Brussels sprouts, if you're trying cauliflower, um, you want to start the feeding after they've set their, their fruit. Um, that's going to be the correct time to, to really pump up the feeding times then. That's good to know. And what do you guys have in the store that would be just a good organic cool season vegetable crop fertilizer? We are proud to carry the Dr. Earth and the Spoma brands of organic fertilizers, and those would be my my top choices for those. I can't wait. I want a vegetable salad. I want all of these things with the herbs, too. If you're still thinking about doing rosemary or chives, thyme, parsley, now is a great time to do all of those. All right, Charles, thank you so much for your garden expertise and your time. How do we find out more if we're new to Atlanta and we're new to Pike Nursery? Check out our website. Check out our online portal there to look at some of the materials we have on hand. Feel free to drop into any one of our stores or give us a call as well. And we have excellent social media online too. I would agree. The Facebook page and at Pike Nurseries on Instagram, sometimes contests and giveaways there on the Instagram page. So definitely worth a follow. Charles, have a lovely weekend. Thanks for coming back.
Thank you, Ashley. I hope to talk to you soon. And when I come back to wrap things up here on Green and Growing, I can't wait to tell you about a few exciting garden events, classes, and webinars that you can get involved in for the fall, plus the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. Pretty easy things to do, and I'm going to flesh out. If you've already heard them earlier in the show, I have a little more time to take time to explain some of them so you don't want to miss that and native plants. All that and more in the the last few minutes of the show. You're listening to Green and Growing right here on WSB. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. The update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Usually I have three things, but I may have four or five here. Bear with me. So number one, time for application of pre-emergent granules. That is to prevent winter weeds time is now. You want it done usually by the middle of September. Apply dimension or halts or balin uh, preen to garden beds, the granules, this week right now to stop germination of seeds of annual bluegrass like poa annua, rescue grass, rye grass, all those things. Because once they sprout, you don't have a second chance for this pre-emergent to work. Um, start searching for the products now. And if you have nut sedge in your lawn, you're getting kind of toward the uh, latter end of using products to control that image is a good one or bonide has a sedge ender to eliminate that Um, though image is not recommended for tall fescue so always read the label both products need several weeks of warm weather to complete their work if you're not sure if you have nut sedge or not visit my facebook page green and growing wsb i just made that weed of the week a few days ago so you'll know all right number two i want you to be on the lookout for local nature centers and master garden groups hosting webinars or classes. Some are doing it in person this fall, which is great. You can get out there and do it. Others are webinars online. Our friends, the North Fulton Master Gardeners, hosting their fall 2021 garden lecture series. It has started, but you can register for classes individually. There's some for children as well. I know the Cherokee County Master Gardeners, where I am, they do a webinar the last Friday of every month. And also there's something fun going on at the State Botanical Garden over there in Athens on uh, September 18th. I guess that's next weekend. Monarchs and Beyond Pollinator Stewardship Class at the State Botanical Garden. So fun. You utilize habitat assessment tools and practice a variety of citizen science projects. So you've heard that on the show when we do the Great Backyard Bird Count and the Great Georgia Pollinator Census. You become a citizen scientist. So just inspiring you to keep learning. And number three, plan natives, the plants that really bring in the bees, the butterflies, and the birds, they're naturally adapted to local climates and soils. That's why they're native plants. Uh, Great candidates for kind of low-input, low-maintenance landscapes, properly selected and established. They're beautiful in the lawn. They attract the pollinators, just functional, really. So if you're not sure what some of those are, a great website to visit would be gnps.org. That stands for Georgia Native Plant Society, gnps.org. I had Erica Glazner on the show a few weeks ago. Native trees that she liked, uh, white oak, pin oak, 
Hickory, Grancy Graybeard, that's a fringe tree, which is so fun. Beautyberry is a beautiful shrub. Azalea, winterberry, that just kind of gives you an idea. And a magnolia, duh, we're in the South. That's pretty native. Okay, and this was interesting. I wanted to give a shout out to the city of Roswell. They unanimously passed a resolution to use native plants in city landscaping back in June. The resolution was a product of grassroots efforts, folks. You're Input really does make a difference. Uh, they showed up to the city council meeting. They gave comments. So what the plan is, is starting this year, 60% of newly designed or updated city landscapes will involve native plants. And then by 2024, the number will be up to 80%. The resolution states that native plants are a cornerstone to maintaining a healthy biodiversity and reducing stormwater runoff, as well as preserving and promoting a historical and cultural heritage. So Roswell will also develop a pilot project that will create a plan to eradicate invasive plant species. So a lot going on there. Congratulations to them. And that great information comes from the Georgia Native Plant Society. All right. I've had fun with you this Saturday. I always have a blast. I'll be back. I'm off Monday, but I'll be back in the 24-hour traffic center for you Tuesday morning as part of traffic during Atlanta's morning news. I want you to have a safe weekend. And just a reminder, again, until 1130 this morning, you can tune over to AM 750 our simulcast there remembering 9-11 the 20th anniversary of that with some of our news partners and then 11:30 is the tailgate show for the university of georgia they host the university of alabama at birmingham blazers and kickoff right here on your home of the dogs at 3 30 95.5 wsb see you later go dogs For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.